My darling, you the headband, you are different gravy. Welcome back to another episode of Red Tinted Glasses. What a week it's been, Callum. Launched our own Twitter page, at RTG underscore podcast, and YouTube channel, Red Tinted Glasses. Lots of support for last week's episode as well. Phenomenal. I know, it's all gone great. Um, Buzzing, this is the first podcast on the new channel, obviously, which if you subscribe to, and my personal channel, which the old podcast used to be on, and then just tweet us the screenshots of that, then you've got a chance of winning 100 Ryan Hedges stickers after his goal. What more could you want? What's not to like about Ryan Hedges stickers? Exactly. And also, I'll leave it in the description if you want to buy them instead from Callum Melvin. Perfect. And um, we should also give a shout out to our number one fan at Beast underscore AFC. Sorry, apart from me and Callum, there's no additional babes this week. I know, you must be gutted. But I mean, what more could you want? I know, right? I've even improved my lighting so I don't look like Voldemort this week. I know. We're, we're treating them. We're treating them. We're going places. Um, so this week, we'll be looking back at the game at the weekend, crazy 3 all draw against Celtic, and looking forward with some excitement, trepidation maybe, to the, the Cup semi-final. Um, but we'll just start on a slightly sadder note, obviously, um, not long after we recorded last week's episode, we, we heard the news of the passing of um, Ebby Scovedal. Callum, do you have any memories of, of him? It was a bit before your time, possibly. Uh, it was a little bit before my time, I think, uh, but... I've heard so many stories of him, and obviously a great man around Aberdeen as well. Uh, but I think the favourite one, as most people's are, is the stats and miniskirt story. It's got to be. Yeah, I mean, he was the first manager that I knew um, when Sporting Aberdeen kind of moved into the city in 2002, so towards kind of the end of his reign. But, you know, his team was entertaining, if not always getting the results. And I think from speaking to a lot of people, about um, Abby and seeing the stories online, you know, the team might not have been great, but there was certainly a entertainment there and there was a bond between that set of players um, and fans. And obviously gave a lot of the, the uh, younger players coming through, Kev McNaught and Russell Anderson, their first first chances in, in the squad. So, uh, yeah, rest in peace, Abby. Um, so on to the weekend's action. A 3 all draw against Celtic. We'll start with our usual feature, your one-word reaction, Callum. This week, it's probably more positive than I thought it was going to be. My word is encouraging. Um, yeah. It's just just thought. Um, it was it was actually, I was very happy with it, most of it, let's be honest. And it gives me good hope going into the semi-final as well. What about your word, Glenn? Um, more based on the second half, because I think I said to you we needed to lie down after that, was breathless. It just... I just didn't know where to start at full time. Didn't really know if we should be, I think kind of touching on your word a little bit. I was encouraged overall, especially, you know, when we went three, two down, I kind of expected the heads to drop potentially, but fair play. We showed a lot of determination and fighting amongst the team and we came back and got the point in the end. And it takes us on nicely to the next, uh, our first link is a question that was submitted by Keith Monroe, a good regular uh, viewer of the show. He asked, do we feel if it was two points dropped or was it one point gained in your opinion? My initial reaction was that it was two points dropped. That's what I thought originally. Because um, I felt like we, they were there for the taking. We could have beaten them. But it is definitely a big positive uh, going into the game on Sunday. But I did feel like we dropped two points rather than gained one. Interesting, because at full time, my initial reaction was that was a point gained, just because at 3-2, I think I'm just so used to Aberdeen 
mentally collapsing against Celtic in those situations, I'd almost resigned ourselves to we'd lost the game. But I think it was you that had said, like, how the hell are we losing this game and potentially coming away with nothing? So, you know, credit to the players for, you know, fighting back and getting getting that draw. Yeah, definitely. I think that's sort of something, uh, that's a good point you raised. When it went 3-2, I was just resigned to the fact of oh, we've lost it now. It's Here we go again. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, you make a good point there. Um, so we'll take it back to the start when the team news was announced. Dylan McGee got a start in the team. and That saw Ross McCrory drop into defence playing wing-back. Do you feel we were kind of hampered by that tactical decision? And obviously McGee ended up going off injured, allowing McCrory into midfield again. Do you think we, you know, obviously at the start, do you think that affected our initial play? And then when he went off, we improved? I think maybe that's that's probably the case, but I can understand the decision-making behind it in putting a more defensive-minded player in at right-wing back rather than Hedges, who will bomb forward, cut inside, maybe out of position. Um, it did make sense, but we did definitely look better with McCrory in midfield, as has been most of the case, uh, the case for most of the season so far. Mm-hmm. And obviously news coming out today that um, Dylan McGee is now out for eight weeks with a groin strain. That'll be a bit of a loss to us because in these kind of midweek games, he's filled a position. He's a good, good, experienced squad player to have. Yeah, definitely. He's basically ideal as the sort of backup centre midfielder because he's got the quality to come in and it doesn't really look like it's too much of a downgrade. Whereas, like with Foods or Ojo, you can tell he's not a starter. Um, mm-hmm. It's a bit more obvious that way. Yeah, and, and there's been rumours of uh, Liam Burke potentially being signed, potentially uh, fill the gap in there left by McGee. Don't really know too much about him, potentially just uh, another strength and depth option, I suppose. Yeah, knowing our luck, by the time we put this out, it'll probably be confirmed. Um, that would just be typical of us. But I guess with sort of McGee, especially now out injured, he's only 21 as well, so he's probably going to improve. Um and uh, Campbell out as well just now. It sort of does make sense bringing him in, I suppose. Can't imagine it's too big a wage or anything like that as well. Yeah, good cover to have around, I suppose. Overall, um, the first half, I didn't really feel it was an exciting affair. I actually described it kind of as a chess match. We were both kind of feeling each other out. I felt in certain places we were maybe giving Celtic a bit too much respect, especially um, Brimpong's side. I thought Hayes backed off of him a lot, but in the same time also forced him inside, which I think he would prefer to go down the wing. Do you feel, though, obviously went in 1-0 up, do you think that was a deserved half-time lead? I think so. I don't think we can uh, can have too much complaints about that. It, sort of, it definitely suited us. Whenever we play Celtic Rangers, I always feel like if we go in level at half-time, especially if you've got a clean sheet, they've not even scored, then you've definitely got a chance. So I was completely content with getting in at 0-0. The fact we ended up mm-hmm. 1-0, I was absolutely delighted with it. I was like, that's the, that's the game one, I'm buzzing. Um, but I think I think uh, I don't think they can have too many complaints, but that's probably the red tinted glasses coming into play. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny, we both actually text each other and said... I would have just taken nil-nil at half-time. That's, you know, that's all the way we're used to against Celtic. We're, we're not used to be winning at half-time against them. But, I mean, it was a penalty for me. Um, I don't know about you. I think it was a penalty. 
Uh, it was a penalty, but Ferguson was extremely clever in the way he just shoved his body in to get the contact from Incham. But I don't think anyone can have like, any complaints despite Neil Lennon's best efforts, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, but that's something that we need, that little bit of tactical know-how to win these decisions against so-called bigger teams like Celtic and Rangers. Just that little bit of cleverness and win these decisions. But I think at halftime, most Aberdeen fans in the back of their mind will been aware there was going to be a backlash from Celtic or the so-called rocket up the rear end at halftime from Neil Lennon. And Celtic, in fairness to them, they did kind of come out all guns blazing. Do you think that was coupled with us sitting back a little bit? or? I think Neil Lennon will have been a very unhappy man at halftime. And I think pressure may be getting to him as well, so it probably made it even worse. Um, but I think we did see what my mum usually calls, uh, just says when it happens is, we just made them angry, which I think possibly did happen. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, they definitely came flying out of the traps second half, which is what they would have really wanted. Basically the ideal start for them. I think it was only about seven minutes before they got the equaliser. Yeah. But you know, we, we uh, came back at them, which I'm actually very impressed at, because sometimes you would have probably expected that once they got that goal, crumble, there we go, probably going to lose three or four one. So I'm quite impressed. And, you know, the equaliser, um, Callum McGregor bagging that, it was no surprise, though, to see kind of the thorn in our side, Tom Rogic at the heart of the move with a, with a through ball there. And a, a brilliant touch from McGregor, in fairness to him, to, you know, take the ball away from Ash Taylor. Would you portion any blame on, on Ash for the first goal? Uh, initially, I was extremely unhappy with him, as, as a lot of people are, because um, I felt that he could have possibly like he was a bit too square on and could have shown him out wide but having seen the goal back uh, McGregor's touch it just took him out of the game completely but there was a Highland sports scene where it shows uh, Taylor was uh, did get caught ball watching a little but Mm -hmm. I mean I think we're sort of nitpicking because the way uh, McGregor took it was sublime yeah um, I'm not sure if I think it's actually the third the second goal Um, I think McCrory is actually gets caught ball watching and loses his man. I watched it back about three or four times. Um, and he, yeah, I think he gets caught ball watching. And obviously Ash Taylor, again, gets a lot of the blame for that goal. Um, but I think it's a, a fine finish from from Lee Griffiths. But we'll, we'll come to that goal in a second. But do you think the goals we conceded, mid-penalty aside, do you think we kind of, our defensive frailties reared their heads again on Sunday? Or do you think it was just, a bit of both defensively poor, but also some good quality from Celtic. I think uh, there was maybe a little bit of defensive frailties, a few tiny mistakes, but against some lesser quality teams, they're probably not going to get punished so much as well. So mm-hmm. it's unfortunate they did come against Celtic. Uh, but I, obviously you can't really afford to give guys like Lee Griffiths the opportunity on their strong foot and get, give them a free shot and go. I'm just yeah. surprised it wasn't Rodgers, to be fair. <laughs> but again, he was at the heart of that move for that goal. Um, it just shows the importance to the Celtic side for him, but also just that hold he seems to have over us that anything they do, he's always involved. Um, <clears throat> but like you've touched on there, we showed immense character in that team to, to come back, not just at the, the, well, actually the first goal as well, with, with the tactical change to bring on Scott Wright. What an influence he had leader of the Scott Wright fan club want to take the floor here? Oh yeah, I was extremely happy at the fact it just shut a lot of people up. 
Um, obviously, you know, his, his finishing has been called into question, but that is the type of play he brings to the team. Direct running. I think he's got a bit of trickery that maybe some of, uh, like not many other people in the squad have. And I was just absolutely delighted that he was just, he was immense coming on. Yeah, and I think was it you that sent me the, the tweet about what Joey Harper had sent him up? He sent him a message um, through the week saying, you know, just keep the head up, your chance will come to to take one of the chances that, you know, he's obviously been accused of missing by ourselves and many others as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like you said, he just showed his other, the other side of his game, that direct running, it, especially with the, um, the, the third goal in the build-up, it just showed he actually had his head up. He was looking to lay off for hedges. I think in seasons gone by, before he's developed, he would just head down and just mm-hmm. run into trouble. He, he certainly has come on to a game, and it, it was great to see in you know, Premier League quality. Duffy, you wouldn't have known that, the way Scott Wright had him twisting and turning inside out. Exactly, and he nutmegged Scott Brown as well on there for that as well. But the, just before we move on, I'm probably going to mention it later on. But <sighs> McInnes with this forgetting the, subs- the stoppages rule, it frustrated me so much at the time. Could you imagine if if we like he threw on Scott Wright before checking if Edmondson could carry on, and then we had to make the other sub using the all three stoppages? Could you imagine if something ridiculous happened, like Joe Lewis got sent off or something, and like Ross McCrory had to go in goals because we had no substitutions left? It just made me so angry. It was so amateur. It was unbelievable. Well, I was a way to come on to that point, but I've let you have your rant now already. Um, another player we obviously saw get minutes um, on Sunday due to injury to. Watkins was Sam Cosgrove. Ryan Edmondson's injury also um, led to Scott Wright coming on, but both seem to be past fit for this weekend, which is obviously encouraging, but equally encouraging to see Sam Cosgrove back on the pitch. Yeah, definitely see him get through half an hour or so, and he looked bright. Uh, I noticed as well um, he was sort of making near post runs when balls were coming in, as other strikers weren't doing that. I was thinking that is what we've missed. Um, but and he looked really eager to get a shot off as well. I was, I was just very happy. And um, I think, uh, we're probably, again, we're probably going to mention this, but I'm just going to rant now. He for the foul, foul. It he did get pushed, but he went down too soft. If I came and pushed you like that, there's no way you'd be throwing yourself to the ground. And there's not a chance he should have done it in his own half. If that's up the park, try and win a free kick in a dangerous area, then absolutely fine by me. But to go down like that instead of just holding up the ball and getting us at the park, so annoying. Uh, I was absolutely raging. We will come to it, but I'm just going to say that as a foul every other day of the week if the player that went down was wearing green and white. I think you're probably right with that, but at the same time, he needs to sort of have that in his mind and be a bit more streetwise and just hold up the ball and maybe lay it off to someone else. It's just because it, it's a, okay, he pushes him, but at the same time, it's not enough to go down and he goes down and he's throwing his arms up in the air. Just get back up and get back on with it. Duffy knows straight away when Cosgrove goes down he's expecting a foul as well and people say we agree too often so I'm glad we finally found something that we can disagree on it really annoyed me you made the point there about him making near post runs which was obviously dragging the Celtic defence out out with him allowing you know driving runs in from Ryan Hedges and maybe Ferguson as well but you know, he had a couple of chances, a brilliant chance at 2-1, which I really feel a match sharp Cosgrove would have probably done better with. And I think he'll be disappointed not to bury the chance, which ultimately we then got the penalty with. 
do you think they'll get more, a few more games in, though? We, we'll start seeing him hitting the back of the net. Yeah, definitely. It's just promising signs. Um, I think I definitely agree with the McLennan one, and then the one where like Laxalt kind of like he's on the great deck, and then somehow just flicks it away. And I think mm-hmm. he probably should have done better with those. But it is encouraging to get him, see him get half an hour and to see him sort of so confident after such a long injury as well. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely happy with him. Yeah, I noticed uh, McInnes' comment about um, Cosgrove saying when they played the bounce game, I think it was before the Celtic game, it looked like he hadn't played football in years, that he was that kind of uncoordinated. So at least he's now got some more minutes in him. Hopefully he's a bit more coordinated when we need him most. Um, with the injuries to Watkins and Edmondson, hopefully they are fully match fit for the weekend. Would you be tempted to go same 11 again? Obviously, I know McGeeck's probably going to just drop out. would expect Scott Wright to come in there, but would you would you stick with that front two again or would you be tempted to bring in Cosgrove? I think I would possibly stick with it and then Cosgrove coming on with sort of half an hour, 20 minutes to go to providing we're still in the game um, it's lethal, especially when it's you know Duffy being an absolute donkey again. That would be ideal. But also, I would possibly maybe think about not starting Scott Wright since he came on and had such an impact, and go with McLennan at right wing back rather than sort of Hedges or someone like that. Someone who maybe is a bit more defensive minded and also phys- a bit more physical than Wright in a game like that. That's possibly what I would go with. So McGeeock out, McCrory in the midfield, and then McLennan at right wing back. That would be my idea. That's a very interesting point because you've just taken the next question out of my mouth and it was going to be, would you start Scott Wright based on the impact he had on Sunday? Because I actually think as well, um, obviously Celtic played played Thursday night in Europe, maybe had a bit of tiredness towards last 20 minutes. Hamden's a big pitch. Could we see Scott Wright utilised as an impact sub again like he was on Sunday? And I think what you've just raised there is it's a very valid point on McLennan's defensive side. Um, and obviously he offers pace going forward as well. So it's yeah, good one, Callum. Thanks very much. All those years football manager paying off now. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got to touch on the referee a little bit on Sunday. All three penalty decisions. Do you think they were correct? I know we've said the first one is. I would say he probably got all three of those penalty decisions right. But there was some... Uh, well, especially for the Saturday one, I suppose, I think Helianusi was already on the way down, but when the contact then comes from Hoban anyway, I think it's got to be given. Um, there was a bit, it, it took a while to, I mean, he booked McGregor in the eighth minute and then he, I think he had four fouls um, from then on and especially giving away the penalty as well. That was a bit, hmm, I thought he maybe could have got a red card for that. And I mean, Duffy was getting away with some wild assaults as well. Um, he had a very mixed game. I think he got the three penalty decisions right, but not much else. Yeah, I mean, that was that was what I was going to say, is how did Callum McGregor stay on the pitch? It was a couple of free kicks he conceded on the edge of the box. I mean, I don't know if it was him that was tasked of man-marking hedges, but it seemed he was just targeting hedges Achilles every time. Um, but as soon as he gives away that penalty, that has got to be a booking. And I think he's very lucky. Scott Brown's incident with um, Scott Wright, the um, Matt, uh, the person in SFA obviously said it's um, no action to be taken. Compliance officer is the word I'm looking for. Um, I kind of didn't really see too much in it. I don't know like if there is the much intent that some people are 
shouting from the rooftops there being, but I do know equally that if it was the other way around, there probably would have been some reverse action taken. The one I am surprised at, though, is Duffy's challenge on Edmondson. I know he's kind of off the pitch. I think he knows what he's doing there by putting Edmondson into the barrier. Um, I know Colm's already given a free kick further up the pitch, but I'm surprised there was nothing done there. Yeah, and it wasn't even only that. He There was the one on Joel Lewis as well, but he basically sort of smashed it down on his head oh, and yeah. his elbow as well. So it's just... I think that's probably Duffy's experience, but also I'm just thinking like with the Edmondson one especially, that is like just throwing him, basically lobbing him into the stand just about. And it could have been worse for Edmondson to be fair. Cause and that's just concrete he's going head first into. Exactly. It could have been way, way worse for him. I'm surprised he's fit for, for, um, for the weekend, but I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe didn't start because it was like his sort of hit the back of his head sort of neck. Like the mm-hmm. head, um, but yeah, I think Duffy probably does know what he's doing, but by going over and be like, oh, sorry, are you okay? Immediately, it sort of looks like it's, it's accidental. I think it's quite smart yeah. by him. Um, so we're going to speak about kind of key players at the weekend who we, we think we should deserve a bit of a special mention. Um, Lewis Ferguson, penalty, ice, ice cool, especially in the 90th minute. Just one thing on that last minute penalty, Cosgrove's on the pitch as well. Ian Watson asked, were you surprised Ferguson took it over Cosgrove? I am glad Ferguson took it over, but I am a bit surprised. But Ferguson, with Cosgrove coming on the pitch, obviously Cosgrove's probably eager to get his first goal of the season. Mm-hmm. And the cojones of that man to step up and put it away so coolly, uh, so late on, is absolutely sublime. And I think that, as well, not only that, showing his sort of um, bravery and his, he's like up for doing that late on, and also the experience he showed in the first uh, half to win the first pen as well, you wouldn't think he's as young as he is, would you, at all? Not at all. And it's, he's been named in the Scotland under-21 squad today. But I'll be interested to see if there's a promotion on the horizon to the, the full national team for him. Because if he keeps performing the way he is, I think Steve Clark's going to have a tough job keeping him out of that, that squad. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, well, I know it's not a Scotland episode, but... The fact there is so many young midfielders coming through, that is very encouraging, especially given all the quality of the ones already in the squad. Buzzing. Mm-hmm. And I suppose we should actually shout out Ross McCrory and Conor McLennan also getting mm-hmm. call-ups as well. But yeah, the penalty was so ice cool that Scott Bain just was frozen to the spot there. This was Ferguson slots home. Um, some other notable mentions, obviously Scott Wright, we've, we've talked him up. Um, a very, very good performance from him all round. And then the man with the hairband, Ryan Hedges. What can we say about him? Another stellar performance. Absolutely sublime. I think you might look at the goal and think that's a bit fortunate. It's just come back. But the fact he was in there and ready and chasing it up already, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very impressed. And Edmondson, Ed, not Edmondson, sorry, Hedges, going from last season, barely getting a run of games, um, a consistent run of games, to where he's at now. This transformation is absolutely mental so and he just seems to be going from strength to strength so to be able to not only do it in like sort of some of the smaller games maybe but to come up in a big game like that with such an important goal I'm absolutely delighted with the man yeah I think what you just touched on there is is so key the way he follows that run in for the second goal is what we want to see from players in these big games we don't want to just see them hanging back and going oh well didn't expect the keeper to parry it and I've noticed that about Hedges a lot. He's always in that kind of 
danger zone expecting a spill or a slip and ready to kind of sweep up any any mistakes. So uh, really encouraging. And I think between uh, himself and Lewis Bergson, it's kind of been a two-way battle so far for a player of the season so far. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's a good point. You mentioned his work right there because he's not a striker, and he's but he's still got that poacher's instinct to go in and finish the job off. But some of his work rate as well, it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, you can't fault the man, really, can you? Amy Reid will be delighted to to hear you say that. The, she wanted to shout out for being the self-proclaimed leader of the Ryan Hedges fan club. But I think another point on him was he's not only obviously midfielder and he's, he's scored some good goals for us this season, but he's not complained at dropping back into wing-back position. So he's shown a bit of versatility so far this season. Yeah, exactly. That's just sort of like another string to his bow, I suppose. Um, and look, that's what I'm saying, with the work rate as well, defensively, he puts in a shift as well. He can't really just... I'm just in awe of the man. I just can't... I can't... Uh, there's not enough superlatives to describe him. And um, It's just encouraging to see, obviously, he got the man of the match um, on Sunday as well. Going ahead to this weekend's game, do you think McInnes will... Take, using your word, actually, take encouragement from Sunday's display? I think he's got to. I think that sort of result, given especially going down, getting them getting an early equaliser in the first uh, second half, sorry, and then even going down to 3-2 and still coming back, teams of the past, even just the past couple of seasons, would have just crumbled and not come back from it. So I think it does offer a lot of encouragement. There will be sort of a bounce about us from that to show, like, we, we can do this kind of thing. And given like there might be sort of the opposite effect of that, especially now in the media, sort of people asking questions about Lenin's future and things just after a few bad results. So that's it's good for us, I suppose. Yeah, and, and, and that's actually a good point you make. Um, do you think, based on Sunday's result performance, do you think we've actually not been given the credit we deserve? And the focus seems to be on Lennon's job and Celtic being poor. I actually think, you know, equally in the second half, we deserve a lot of credit as well. And that's not been kind of received out with the, the Aberdeen support. No, yeah, I agree with that. But I also think it might suit us because then people might still think sort of, oh, Celtic, they'll, it's semi-final, they'll go for it, blow us out of the water. But if we're mm-hmm. the underdogs, that just suits us down to the ground, especially after getting such a good performance. So in our camp, everyone's confident. But people still looking in, thinking, oh, no, it's just Aberdeen, a little old Aberdeen, nothing will happen. But, you know, I think it's just starting to the ground. I'm happy, very happy. Good. We've already touched on kind of what changes to the, the starting 11 we kind of expect. You've made your point there about McLennan potentially filling in and Scott Wright staying on the bench. We've also discussed the, the strikers situation as well. So it's going to be, I'm glad it's McInnes making these decisions, not us, but, you know, we've come up with our own sort of differences and, and just shows that it's maybe not as straightforward as, as we think of just, let's just get Scott right in for Dylan McGee. So it'll be interesting to see what McInnes follows. From a Celtic point of view, I suppose we should still, you know, kind of look at the opposition. Scott Brown didn't start the game on Sunday. Um, Rogic and then Cham held that midfield position. Do you think on Sunday Scott Brown's going to start the semi-final? I think with it being a semi-final, all his experience, I think they might bring him in. Possibly going off performance-wise, I would think maybe for Encham. 
because I wasn't very impressed with him at all. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously he gave away the penalty too. But I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Scott Brown come in. I think because it's semi-final, obviously, and his experience, that won't help us. But also, I take encouragement from the way Scott Wright just absolutely danced by him. Um, mm-hmm. That does give me encouragement, though. And I don't think Ross McCrory would shy away from a challenge with Scott Brown either in the centre of midfield. And same for Lewis Ferguson. But if Brown is coming back into that team, I'm going to hope it's for Rogic instead of in Cham. Like you say, purely based on performance. I'd rather they went in Cham instead. Um, equally, we've, we've seen they've been affected by the COVID. Uh, Ryan Christie obviously played on Sunday. One player we haven't seen back since his positive test is uh, Odson Edward. Uh, Alvin Ajeti started on Sunday. Let's be brutally honest, didn't look particularly great at all. Nullified him. Uh, Lee Griffiths came on, scored a, a great goal on his on his left foot, as he's, as he's normally used to doing. Do you think we'll see Griffiths or Edward start, or maybe an Ajeti or Klamala? I think... I think it'll maybe be Griffiths. I don't think they'll maybe bring Edward straight in, but even if he's on the bench, that's just bad enough as it is. Mm-hmm. I would be very happy to see, especially Ayeti. I've not seen too much of Kamala. I don't think anyone really has. Um, Ayeti didn't really see much too much. And I was thinking the other, the other day, obviously West Ham have had a couple of good results, but he couldn't get anywhere near the West Ham team, and they're playing Mikel Antonio up front. It's not even a striker. So um, I, I'd be happy with Ayeti, but I think Griffiths will come in, especially after bagging the goal as well. And uh, I'm very scared about that, to be fair. Yes, I mean, like we've already spoken about the Scott, the national team. From that point of view, it's great to see him back. But from a Celtic Aberdeen point of view, it scares the life out of me because he likes the big occasion. And yeah, it just riddles me with fear that he's just going to rise to that challenge. But it'll be interesting. Obviously, we might gauge some kind of idea of how they go against Lille tomorrow night. Obviously, we're recording this on the Wednesday night. So hopefully, you know, a few injuries and a tiring game for them. Lille just pass them off the park. That'd be ideal. Oh, yeah. Um, I take no shame in uh, admitting that is exactly what I'm hoping for. Um, someone I saw spoke about donkeys in defence. Our donkey being Ash Taylor, Celtic's donkey being Duffy. And Sunday would be a case of whose donkey performs worse so to speak would you be encouraged with Duffy starting again? Definitely I, there's no couple of Celtic fans and they are not happy with him so far I think everyone sort of bought into oh Celtic fan, he'll come in and win 10 from the Premier League but he's not looked up for it and he turns so slow it's unbelievable and for the second goal Scott Wright just nipping in ahead of him winning the ball um, I I, yeah, I hope Duffy, Duffy keeps his place and Ayer's not impressed me so much either um, so you know I'm delighted for once I'm saying Julien's maybe the best of the bad bunch <clears throat> Would you stick with our donkey in defence? I think so based on for fact bringing Greg Lee in for his sort of first game maybe and shifting Consign across into the middle and taking Ashtail out probably not the best idea I think they're probably getting to know each other a bit better getting used to playing with each other I would go with Ash Taylor and I also Devlin. I don't even know what the heck's going on with him. Who knows? Um, so I think it would I'd probably be sensible. I'm sitting using sensible around Ash Taylor, but stick with him. Yeah, then we'll see if that comes back to bite us. But I mean, I don't think he was as, to bl- as much to blame for the goals on Sundays people were making out. But hopefully, you know, he's 
like we've always said, you know, people get their mistakes out the way and hopefully he's done that. We've come away with the point and that's him got those mistakes done for the bigger the bigger game on um coming up at Hamden. Um one point I'm gonna be interested to hear your view on in the the game against ourselves on Sunday, um AC Milan on Thursday and, and Rangers the week before. Personally, I feel Celtic have really struggled this season without the backing of their support. On Sunday, big stadium again, no support again. Do you think that's something we can maybe utilise ourselves? I hope that plays in our hands. Obviously, lately, um, playing against Celtic, even at Hampden, sorry, um, they will have the majority of the support. Will maybe have sort of could end up with like sort of ten thousand less than them, uh, just based on ticket sales. So I think it does play in our hands, as because um, I think Celtic fans are obviously a massive, massive um, like sort of advantage to Celtic. Um, so it, it 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 gives me another reason to be confident, and it's just really worrying now that there's so many things. I'm like, oh, that that's, that's good. I'm getting actually um, looking forward to the game, which I've not looking forward to a semi final against Celtic. It usually ends in disaster. I know everyone listening and watching will suddenly start feeding off your optimism and hope, and I hope we just don't crop comes crushing down by like three four o'clock on Sunday. Yeah, I apologise in advance if that does happen. <laughs> we take no responsibility. We only take responsibility for the good things, like Hoban's contract extension. Exactly, and I mean, also if Tommy Hoban wants to make up for his uh, mistake and give away the penalty and cut with a goal as well, that's also fine by me. Yeah, same applies to you, Ash Taylor, if you're watching. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. I know he's a huge fan. Yeah. One thing though we will finish off with in the same vein as we start is our one word assessment or how we feel ahead of the weekend's game. So Callum, give us your one word ahead of Sunday's game. You're not going to like this. It's a bit of a cop out. I'm going with the exact same one. I'm confident. I'm, I think I'm even more confident now that we've got that draw, which is, uh, I just, I'm not, it's not like me, but I'm sorry to disappoint you all, but I'm going with the same word, confident. What about yourself? I'm going to steal errands from last week and it's optimistic. <laughs> we are such cop-outs. Uh, but I just, that's just based on the kind of performance that we put in on Sunday, Celtic's performance on Sunday. There's, like, to use your word again, like at the start of the show, there's encouragement that's been taken from there. Obviously, there's still some nervousness as a big semi-final chance to win the Scottish Cup. But there's reasons to be optimistic for this game. And it's not like us to have those reasons going into a game against Celtic, especially a semi-final as well. Yeah. Um, with, with them being so dominant in domestic cup competitions, uh, for us to even, I think we have a glimmer of uh, hope is quite something. Mm -hmm. So now that we've got you all hopeful and <laughs> up for the game this weekend, uh, we hope you enjoyed listening or watching to us again this week. And, Thanks very much and don't forget to subscribe, follow um, at all the usual places. Perfect. Thank you very much for listening.